0: Um, I I just, having never been a pastor before, I couldn't have possibly understood until I became a pastor how important it was to have people that you knew you could call up and say, hey, would you preach this Sunday? And they would go, absolutely. And I am blessed, we are blessed as a church uh, to have such good people that are just there all the time. And I am just absolutely thrilled to be able to just turn this Bible stand over this morning to my friend and my brother, Greg Sharp. Love you, man.
1: Testing one, two, check one. We didn't get a chance to do this before service. Can everybody hear me okay? Praise the Lord, church. How's everybody today? You feel the presence of the Lord in this house? Jesus is here. I believe that with all of my heart. The Bible says that he, impra- he inhabits the praises of his people, and if you have praised him today, he is right next to you. And if you came with a need this morning, there's not a problem that God can't solve. There's not a situation that you walk through that he doesn't know right where you are. Isn't that a great promise that we have from the Lord? He's always there. He's always with us. Amen. Want to um, just thank Brother Goldsberry so much, Pastor David, but also um, appreciate our Elder Goldsberries. They mean so much to this church, and uh, we honor them today, honor all of our leaders, Brother Mike, uh, and everybody that participates so much and invests so much in this church, because you can really feel it. You can tell it. Thank you for making room for us. And... uh, being patient with us. We've had a good time the last couple of months. We've um, gotten to know you. You've gotten to know us a little bit. We've had some sessions over next door, some in here, uh, about the Bible Prophecy Institute or BPI, and you may know a little bit about that. But we're just excited about what God is doing in these times that we live. And I believe that it's not a coincidence that any of us are here today. I think it's God-ordained that we should be here and uh, your part in the kingdom means much. God has something very special for you to do. And and we know that, we're told that. A lot of times I'm not sure we're completely convinced of that because it kind of becomes the poor little old me, what can God do with me situation. And, and uh, we begin to look at what we think across the road are many more talents than what we have and abilities than what we have to offer. But Jesus knows exactly who you are, what your characteristics are, your personality, and he has called you to do something very special. And when we get in contact with that, and we are comfortable in what that is, I believe that's where we find peace, that's where we find joy, when we know we're right where we need to be in God's perfect will. Amen? So. That sounds good, but there's a lot of times we're not completely there. So hopefully today will challenge us in our spirits to really think about, God, what do you want me to do? What have you called me to do? Maybe you've answered a call earlier in your life and maybe strayed away from it, or it's not as vibrant and real in your spirit right now. Maybe it's a time to rekindle that call. Maybe it's a time to do what Paul said, stir up the gift that is within you so you can Go Back, that song that we used to sing years ago, Take Me Back, and, and that just rings over and over. We, we remember that time when we first came in contact with the presence of the Lord, and God changed us. He did something so incredible in us. And then as time goes, as, the, as life begins to continue, we lose that flame a little bit, and that's, I think, why Paul was right on target when he said, stir up that gift that is within you. So my, my question to you today, and it's gonna be all throughout this sermon is uh, what, what's holding us back? What's holding me back from really stepping out and laying hold of what God has prepared for me? There's so many times that we as king's kids, so to speak, we fall short of really where God would have us be. I think that we sell ourselves short many times and we just don't lay claim to the things that God has provided for us. I believe that he has an intention for us to live victoriously, to live confidently, full of faith, full of joy, full of peace, and we don't need to be drugged through the mud that the world is drugged through. It's a lonely place to be in the world without God. I would not want to walk through this life without Jesus Christ by my side. I want him to be there every day after day, knowing that he's there to pick me up when I trip or fall, knowing that he gives strength amen so what's holding us back today from really living that victorious life let's turn to the book of hebrews chapter 12 and you can read it on the screen behind us verses one and two i think the writer of hebrews has so much insight as to what it takes to live victoriously he says in verse number one of chapter 12 wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight somebody say every weight And every sin that does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He is the one that has done it perfectly, right? The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So he had a goal, there was a promise for him, and it gave him the strength that he needed to do what he needed to do. Amen? despising the shame and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. What's holding you back today? Life is filled with distractions, competing priorities and chaotic storms that will alter our direction, hinder our progress, and can cause us great pain and over, an overwhelming sense of defeat, unfulfilled dreams, unkept promises, Falling below our potential, a loss of purpose, abandoning our calling and talents, and many times the result of a Christian carrying too much weight and unnecessary burdens. We are racing against deadlines, navigating a labyrinth of commitments and all too often come up empty. Falling short of our goals as we are spread too thin and simply exhausted by the effort exerted just to remain in the game. A vibrant and growing relationship with Jesus Christ teaches us that while we are not promised a life on a bed of roses surrounded by white picket fences, Jesus does promise to help carry our burdens and offers to trade our sorrows for joy if we are willing to run the race his way. Living an overcoming life in Christ is possible, but we must be willing to let go of some of the things that are holding us back. We are promised to dance as David danced, but we have to be willing to lay aside our mourning. We are encouraged to cast all of our cares upon Jesus as Peter did, but we must be willing to lay our cares and concerns aside without picking them back up through worry, doubt, and fear. An open invitation is extended to every believer that's here today. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may be able to obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. But we must be willing to lay down our stubbornness, our selfishness, and our defiance and truly allow God's mercy and grace to complete its work in us and lift us up to where we belong. Jesus, his compassionate and heartfelt invitation stands today. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. And you shall find what? Rest unto your souls. But we must be willing to lay aside our old selves, our habitual sins, our addictions, our insecurities, our imperfections, and then he will give us the true rest for our tired and weary bodies. You see, Jesus wants more than anything else to take our burdens remove our guiltiness, and our shame. He wants to heal our body, restore our soul, and give us a peace that passes all understanding. As Isaiah said it beautifully, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. How many needs healing in the house today? sick in body, sick in spirit, sick in uh, emotions, so many things that we have need of today. Jesus has paid it all. He has made a way for us to have that healing. He has made a way for us to give him our sin, to give him our shame, because he paid that price today. But, We must be willing to lay those transgressions down, lay our sins down, throw off our hopelessness, our depression and despair. If we can take steps needed to lay aside our burdens, our weights that hold us back, there is nothing that shall be impossible for us. We will again run our race with confidence and live life with purpose and reconnect with our calling. What's holding you back? The question is, why do we insist upon carrying the excess baggage? We just won't let it go. In our mind, we know it holds us down, but we still just don't let go. Why can't we just bring it to Calvary, drop the burdens right here, and walk away? But we don't. We'll let, we'll let them rest for a little while, for a season while we're here, right? But then as we walk away, and there they oh, wait, wait, wait. Something feels strange here. I'm feeling a little too light. i got to go back and pick it back up, and we carry it out. It happens all too often. We too often cling to our anger. We cling to our bitterness, our grudges, as Brother David talked about Wednesday night, by the way, footnote for Wednesday night. We do still have Wednesday night Bible study over in the fellowship hall, and you are welcome and invited to join us. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in. Because it was very good. And, uh, and, and I also realized that we have the video streaming ministry, and we can stay home in our... Uh, bathrobe and jammies and watch but it's so much more powerful when we're here together i need your strength and your encouragement and you need mine and that's what we get as a family together just okay throwing that in so we cling to our bitterness we cling to our grudges our guilt our hurt our depression our shortcomings our insufficiencies as though they are warm blankets of comfort and security for us they're they're familiar We know in our mind, it doesn't make sense. It's going to hold me down. It's going to weigh me down, but I'm comfortable with it. It seems beyond our reach just to trust and obey or to heed the lyrics of that old spiritual that says, turn it over to Jesus. Turn it over to Jesus. Turn it over to Jesus and what? And you shall, or you can smile the rest of the day. And we don't smile. We lose our smile because we're not letting Jesus have it. Biblical guideposts admonish us. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. Another one tells us that God is faithful who shall not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able But for some inexplicable reason, the concept of less is more completely escapes us when applied to our spiritual journey with Jesus. We carry far too much excess weight and spiritual baggage that we might even make the Lord weary and fatigued at times. A popular lifestyle in our culture today is minimalist living. How many has heard of it? minimalist living it's the art of downsizing of decluttering and streamlining how many's practiced it anybody in here we hoard and we take more and more and more and we don't get rid of anything our rule in our house is if you buy two t-shirts two has to go (laughs) because it just gets to be too much so this art of downsizing and decluttering it's also described in one word is just simple simple living right have you you know what i'm talking about trendy fads like tiny houses shipping containers, people living in shipping containers. The -the off-the-grid living can live to a more natural, simpler, and healthy state of mind in life. I can tell you from firsthand what it's like going from a 25-square-foot, 100-square-foot house down to a 200-square-foot or less fifth-wheel RV, (laughs) because that's what we've done over the last few weeks. And so we have I, I, can't, I can't say that we got rid of everything because we have three storage units stuffed to the gill and you lift the, you lift the door and it all falls out. And Brother Rick, we got to go and put stuff it all back in there and close the door quick, honey. <laughs> so generally speaking, we have this tendency to complicate our lives, our jobs, our relationships, and more importantly, our Christian walk with the Lord. Because, see, we have all these competing priorities, selfish desires, and personal agendas and vendettas to carry, carry out. And it chokes out any peace and joy and happiness that we might attain. What if I could show you that God's will for your life is to live free from clutter, free from the noise and burdens of this world, and give you a way to break the patterns? if I could teach you how to break the habits, break the addictions that have restricted your walk with the Lord, would you believe it? Would you do it? If today you were presented with a brand new chance to walk every day hand in hand with Jesus victoriously and without regret, would you take that step? If I can prove to you that Jesus is not interested in what you did or did not do yesterday, but rather is laser-focused on what you will say and do in these next few moments today, would that encourage you and lift your faith? Well, I can assure you this, that Jesus has come today to meet with you, to take your pain, to clear your fears, to arrest your apprehensions and create something good inside of us where we've only been able to experience hurt, failure, and guilt. You see, God makes it clear in his word through the Apostle Paul. He says these six words, My grace is sufficient for you. Say it with me. My grace is sufficient for you. Don't overcomplicate it. Come on, this is what we do. We try to put all these strings and, and all these things around it to, to reach this point. But he just made it clear in six words. My grace is sufficient for you. But, but I don't have an impressive resume. I don't have all these academic awards. I don't have a social status or a career pedigree. My grace Is sufficient for you, but I don't I've done so many things wrong. You don't understand how bad I've been. My grace is sufficient for you, but I can't sing like they sing, I can't play like they play, I can't speak like Pastor David speaks. My grace is sufficient for you, but I don't have a lot of money, and I don't have a thousand-member church. My grace is sufficient, but I'm I'm too sick. I'm too old. I'm too new in this. It doesn't matter. Six words. My grace is sufficient for you. Are you glad that you have the grace of God in your life? Are you glad that you can reach out any morning you wake up and say, God, I need a fresh touch of your amazing grace today. I know that your tender mercies are renewed every day. Let me walk in those mercies today. This is a new day that the Lord hath made, and I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to walk in your mercy. I'm going to walk in your grace. I'm going to walk in your love. It doesn't matter what I did yesterday. I'm sorry, but I forget those things that are behind. Jesus' instruction and his will is very plain and made super simple. It says in Luke 9, 23, and he said unto them all, if any man, point to yourself and say, this is me. If any man will come after me, let him, one, deny himself. Number two, take up his cross once a month when it feels good. take up his cross daily and follow me. So it's three steps, three simple steps that we seem to overcomplicate and lose. Deny yourself, that's a realization that is not all about me. See, uh, Sigmund Freud, the famous clinical scientific psychologist and whatever he is with all the acronyms behind it, said that it's three basic needs that man has. It's the id, it's the ego, and the superego. It's just to survive. It's to have nurture, and it's to have pleasure. Those are the things that, that really makes up an individual. But we know... What we need as Christians is not just satisfying ourselves. We are made new. We are a new creature in Christ Jesus. So it's not to satisfy self, but it's first and foremost, Jesus, what can I do to please you today? How can I make you happy today? How can I walk with you today? How can I be in your will today? He says, deny yourself. Secondly, get a kingdom burden. If it's not about me, what is it about? Pick up your cross and follow me. That means you have to have a burden. You have to have a role. You have to take on the position of a servant. You see, when we come into the house of the Lord, we don't come here to be ministered to. I know that really wrecks some of our theology. We don't come to be ministered to. We come to minister to him. We have come to worship the Lord. We have come to give him glory and honor and worship that is due to him and him alone. And then as a result of that, he's so good to bless us and to reach back down and touch us. But that's why we come. So if it's not all about me, what is it about? It's about me becoming a servant to minister to others, to minister to him. And then lastly, to follow him. Pick up your cross, become a servant, and follow me. That means... Walk with Jesus, talk with Jesus, be like Jesus, wear the wristband, what would Jesus do, whatever it takes to get into our minds that I need to think first and foremost, what would please Jesus? What would Jesus do in this? What would he say? How would he respond? See, we talk about the baggage, the weight. It's when we act like a a worldly lunatic. Without God, I think we are a worldly lunatic. Because there's no peace, no joy, and no rest in it. We're just restless, and it, oh, nothing works right. So step one is to realize it's not about yourself. Step two is to get a kingdom burden. And step three, follow Jesus. That's three simple steps. And if we can do those to our utmost, not halfway in and halfway out, Part of our lives are serving Jesus. The other part of our lives are serving self and serving the world. That doesn't work. It's hard to live for God easy, but it's easy to live for God hard. So let's look at it again. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, the text that we opened with. When I told you we would make it really easy and I would prove to you God's will for our lives... We're going to take look at four points on this verse, and we're going to skip number one and start with number two. How's that? Just to keep it stirred up. Works for my thinking. So wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with the greater cloud of witnesses, that's number one that we're not going to talk about right now. We're going to talk about number two, which is lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. I think we need a reality check and be honest with ourselves because it's no surprise to us or the Lord and probably our husband or wife and kids and family what the thing is that besets you, besets me. We can be honest today with ourselves in the the presence of the Lord, not asking for anybody to stand up and tell everybody else this is not AA and we're not going to stand up and introduce ourselves and I've I've been saved for 25 years and I'm, you know, Paul made it clear, though. He said, we are, except for God's grace, there go I. And he said, I'm the chiefest among them. I'm the worst lu- wild raging lunatic there is. And, and so you can look at me, and I, I'm the poster child for bad. That's what Paul says. And so we all have these issues. We all have these weights that we need to lay down. So what is it? What is that weight? What is that sin that, that so easily beset us? And I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's just, and we even had a conversation a while back about this. It's not about being technically right. There can be weights that we carry that we can justify. Get out the rule book. Get out the scripture and point to this, this, and this. And I can just kind of walk through it and tap dance. And I can justify. Uh, I can technically justify that I'm right in this argument, and I'm going to continue to do this or that. Maybe so. But there's another question you have to ask yourself. Is it wise? There are some things that can technically be right. I can tell somebody that walks in here, you are a no good, no unworthy, you have no business being in the house of the Lord because you are dirty. You're just dirty. And that might be technically correct for a moment. But it is sure unwise to say that. And sometimes we will open our mouths before we put our brains in gear and we will just and say all this stuff. It may have been technically right what you just said, but it's not wise at all. And so these can be weights that we carry that hinder us, that keep us down. Because after we release, you know, you have the release and it's all fine now for you. Now you've just thrown that on somebody else. So we need to throw it off. Just get rid of it. Those things, whatever it is, lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. So is it, or maybe it's our doubt, our failure. Maybe it's just plainly unbelief, our guilt, our unforgiveness. Not our unforgiven state, but our unforgiveness to others that have wronged us. Our hurt can be a weight. Our bitterness can be becomes a weight. Our sickness, our pain, our anger, jealousy, envy, all of these are weights that we carry, that hold us down, that stop us, hinder us from achieving a victorious life in Christ. And he's calling you today to lay them down, to lay aside every weight Then secondly, it's all about action. It's all about getting involved. He says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So it's not just a matter of laying it all here and then leaving and doing nothing. We need to find something that we can do in the kingdom of God. And if you are a little bit uh, unaware of what needs to be done in the house of the Lord here on Lithia Pinecrest, then I know someone that you can talk to, brother and sister Goldsberry, and I bet you they can find something for us to do. Because it's not good for us to be idle. We need to be engaged. We need to get plugged in. There is a work for you to do, a place for you right here. God has called us all together as the body. And it's very hard for us to limp along without part of the body. It's a struggle. But if we all carry our part, do our part, it makes it successful. So he says, let us run this race or run the race with patience that is set before us. Then the next one, number four, is all about vision. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who are we looking at? Well, I'm not running as fast as so-and-so. I'm not, I don't think I pray as much as so-and-so. I don't think I've had mu- as much experience as what this person has, so I'm not qualified to do this job. That is, that is the devil's business. And, and if we, we will convince ourselves of that, then that will keep us down. That is a weight that will never allow us to achieve what God has called you to do. If he calls you, we have no business to doubt because he has told us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It doesn't matter if we have all kinds of experience or no, no experience, he has called us. So the challenge is to have vision. Do you know when you're skiing on the slopes? How many have been skiing? I, snow skiing, that is. Not many Floridians. not much snow around here, is there? Well, let me tell you, when you're skiing, just in case you do go do that, wherever your eyes look is where your skis go. It's just amazing how that happens. They, when I went out there for a trip, they, they told us that, the instructor. I'm like, really? And so we start going down, and I start looking around because, wow, this is beautiful. And I went, <laughs> I went on a line that I did not want to get on, and I couldn't get off of it. And they said, always look where you want to go. If you look away, that's where you'll go. And you can get in trouble so quickly. And that's just how it is living for God. When our eyes begin to wonder and we begin to look at the things of the world, we see a billboard sign that reminds us of what we used to do and get so much pleasure up, and then we look over there, then before you know it, you're going that direction. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. Everything we do should revolve around Him and Him alone. Your vision has everything to do. That's why Pastor speaks so many times, giving us good, rich information on how to live a Christian life and how to be victorious in the Lord. Stands up here week after week, spending hours to bring to us something that would encourage us. It's to reset our vision, to give us a little bit of an eye doctor tune up so that we're looking at the right things looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And now we're going to go back, that was number four, we're going to go back to number one. He says, wherefore seen we are compassed about with such a great a cloud of witnesses. What is the great cloud of witnesses? You know, for a long time I used to think there's just so many angels up there and they have seen God do miracles, wonderful things. And that's the witnesses that stand above us. And cheer us on. I used to think that as a kid and I used to visualize it. Now that's true. There are a great cloud. When we talk about uh, Tuesday night, 100 million angels that were sent around the throne singing, Holy, Holy, Worthy is the Lord. and, And what a beautiful chorus that was that the angels sing, So Heavenly hosts abound. But that's not the witnesses that are being talked about here. You see, these are the many witnesses the examples who have ran the race that you are running right now. These are average men and women of no particular distinction or pedigree. They simply had faith and willing to lay aside everything and follow the voice and will of God. So when Paul, or we assume Paul, doesn't really open up the book of Hebrews and say who wrote it, but there are different thoughts around that. The writer is saying that we need to understand there are people who have walked in our shoes, who have had great mountaintop experiences with God. These are unremarkable people doing remarkable things. Simple faith achieving supernatural victories to the glory of God. Because The chapter preceding chapter 12 of our reading today is filled from beginning to end with examples, with proofs that this can be done. And not just done, but done in a mighty way. And I'm not asking you to turn to Hebrews, but let me just give you an overview. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was raptured that he should not see death. By faith, Abraham went out, not knowing where he was going. Through faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive a child. By faith, Abraham offered up Isaac, his only son. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with Jericho. And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth and David and Samuel and all of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness they were made strong. They waxed valiant in fight, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. All of this through faith are conclusive proofs of God's keeping power. If he's called you to do a job, if he's called you to do a purpose, if he's called you into his mighty service, there is enough strength that he will give you to be victorious. So don't don't, don't let it weigh you down, but put your burdens at Calvary. When I asked earlier if I could show you that God's will for your life is to live free from the clutter, noise, and burdens of this world, And if today you were promised with a brand new chance to walk every day hand in hand with Jesus victoriously and without regret, would you take that step? Actually, I don't think you need me to prove it. The Word of God provides us with plenty of evidence, plenty of examples of what can be done through simple faith together with a willingness to lay aside every weight, and every sin. These witnesses testify to us today and they prove to us that we can run this race with amazing endurance and live an abundant life victorious with Christ. How many wants that life? We want that abundant life with him. We want to know that we're overcomers in him, not having to drag around in the mully grubs, but knowing that I am on top of my game. What God has called me to do, I'm completely committed. I'm all in. I'm doing everything I can. And then God will do the rest. Amen? Amen. In closing, I ask you the question. What's holding you back? It comes down to this. What's holding you back? For some reason, sometimes we just can't Complete the step. It's almost like being in a dealership. You walk in, you find the car you love. You test you test drive it. Now you know you love it. But are you willing to sign? Because if you don't walk out making this step, making this commitment, then you walk out without a new car. It's just like that. I mean, Pastor David, you know all about this, right? How many people did you come, see come in, drive a, take a test drive and love the car and walk away without, without signing, without making the commitment? Most of, them. Most, <laughs> most of them would love to do that, but then he'd have a posse going after him and it'd be trouble because everyone all his cars out the driveway without making the commitment. What's holding us back? You know, if, if half of us in this room I pray all of us in this room, but if even half of us would fully commit, fully invest, fully sign up and say, God, I'm all in, this church, the walls could not hold the amount of revival, the amount of outpouring, the amount of miracles that we would see right here if we would just get a hold of this and let God be God in our midst. What is your stronghold? What ties you up? What is binding us today? What is my weight? Not saying it has to be just a filthy, dirty sin. Just the weight. The weight. So heavy that I couldn't do anything else if I tried. What is your habitual sin? Jesus is calling us today. Every one of us to come to Calvary and to take every one of those burdens, every weight and every sin and lay it down. What a commitment for this young man to make. Going into the service, that's commitment. Full out. Like, You're not taking a U-Haul truck with you. It's just him. When we come to God, we lay it all down and say, God, I'm here. Use me in any way. I'm here for your service. Is that you today? Is that your heart? That I'm going to lay it all down? Jesus is calling you. We can come to the cross. Let's all stand. Sister Rhonda would come. We've proven by God's word what God's will is concerning these weights and sins. And as she begins to play and sing and I'm gonna hand it back to Pastor. I think it'd be great if we could all just have a season of prayer with the Lord and just talk to Jesus. See, there's some prayers that pastor can pray for us and they touch us. But there are some things that only you can do. He can't lay your weight down. I can't lay your weight down. That's something only you can do. So this kind of moment requires an action from us, from me, to say, God, I'm tired. I'm tired, I'm weary. I feel like I'm just spinning my wheels. I want to give it to you. This is our moment. This is our time. Let's just all close our eyes and bow our heads and just let this spirit sweep over this sanctuary. Because Jesus is here to lift you up, to carry you, to take you to the next level in Him.
0: Thank you, brother. We have heard from the Lord today. I think this is one of those days when We could all just come if you're able. If you could just come towards the front. We did this earlier when we're praying for Robbie and Christina. But I'd just like for us all to come up toward the front if we can. We're going to pray together. If you're able. God is speaking to hearts here today. You know, one thing he said today, and, and Greg and I have talked about this recently, it said the, the sin and the weights, to lay aside the sin and the weights. And a lot of times, as he pointed out, a lot of times we, we think about sin, that I need to lay aside the sin. And they think, well, I didn't rob a bank this week, and I didn't kill anybody this week. And we think, I don't really have anything to lay aside. Anything that is holding you back from being all that you can be for the Lord is a weight. And we need to lay aside every weight. That's what the Bible says. Every weight that would beset us or that would hold us back. And today we have that opportunity. No one is being singled out. No one is, is, is saying, if you have something in your life, you need to come down the, the aisle and, ma- and find a place at this altar. We're all here. We're all here together. And if you have something, if there is something in your life that you say, Lord, I've been holding on to this for too long. I'm going to give it to you today. And I'm going to leave it with you. And I'm going to walk away from it. Help me to let go of this because it's holding me back from being what I know I could be in the kingdom of God. And we're going to pray. And Let's all pray right now. As they sing, let's pray. Lord, we've come to you today. Lord, we are so grateful for the word that we have heard today. Lord, we know that we have heard you speak to our hearts. And I know that you are speaking hearts to hearts right now, Lord. And Lord, today, if there is anything in our lives Whatever it might be, a weight that would hold us back. If there is sin in our life, Lord, we we repent of that and we change direction and we go back the other way.